Welcome to Refocus. I'm your host, Trevor Wilson. This is a podcast of Sunday school lessons that I've taught, some sermons that I have preached. Uh, I have various guests at different times. Uh, Basically, the, the whole idea is to just kind of refocus back on the Word of God, going back to those Bible stories, studying the scriptures. Let's just, just kind of get out of ourselves, out of our own thinking, and go back to the Word of God and see what He has to say. I love those old Sunday school lessons when we were kids. We seem to have gotten away from some of those, just the bare bones bottom of what the Word of God, the meat and potatoes, if you will. So I hope you enjoy it and pass along and share. Now, let's get to the lesson. Well, hello, and we're back again, still continuing our study through the book of Matthew. I sure hope you've uh, been enjoying this study. I had to take a little bit of a break here for some things that I was taking care of, but I'm back now, and we are up to Matthew chapter 3, um, and we're beginning to talk more about um, the ministry of John the Baptist. So let's just kind of uh, go ahead and get right into it. You know, John uh, John the Baptist um, comes out of the wilderness to preach. He was uh, away from Jerusalem. Um, a, a lot of that had to do with, you know, all the different moral, political, and religious corruption that was going on at the time. Uh, over 700 years before this time, Isaiah had foretold um, of John's voice that would be heard loud and clear preparing the way for the Messiah back in Isaiah chapter 40 and verse 3. And, you know, and this, this sort of uh, mirrors what's going on today because, quite frankly, we have become very preoccupied. I mean, we live in the day of social media, and I, of course, I, you know, I have a Facebook account, and I do that to try and stay in touch with people, see pictures of grandkids, all the normal stuff, but, you know, I've been trying to hook up with uh, people from my high school and people that I know in different walks of life, many of whom, you know, do not agree with my points of view, certainly my biblical views. But um, I'd simply do it as a way of trying to um, witness to them, hoping they'll see things that I post, things that I do, um, you know, sort you know, maybe put a scripture or share something that's uh, very godly and insightful. And I've uh, put my personal testimony on Facebook so people know where I stand. Hopefully that might have an impact on some of them. But, you know, as I read through Facebook and, and all these things, I begin to see, um, how, you know, how many posts are political in nature or opinionated, you know, whether it be Democrat, Republican, Independent, all that sort of thing, and, um, or, you know, the situation with the COVID-19 and the wearing of the mask. And I'm telling you, it just it, all the issues of the day, abortion, uh, the, the LGBTQ, uh, I mean, the list is endless, and everybody has an opinion about them. They get very it gets very upsetting, quite frankly, as I look at them, and oftentimes I'm disappointed in some of the things that Christians say, but quite honestly, I really have to wrestle with my flesh, you know, and trying not to put something on there that um, it's going to create division, because I have to remember that, that my reason for being on that is sharing Christ, and I try very hard not to um, not to take away from that, but, you know, sometimes I fail. I'm like everybody else. Sometimes I do. So anyway, 
I see a guy like John here, John the Baptist, who could, just comes out of nowhere. Yeah, and of course, there's a lot of political upheaval going on during the day. Um, the Romans are in charge, and, and the Israelites are, of course, um, very unhappy with their situation. But but John comes in, and he he doesn't start preaching. You know, we need to defend our rights, and we need to fight for our freedom. And I'm not saying anything against all of that. There's a time and a place for all that sort of thing. But but John had a very clear purpose. God called him for his very special uh, task. And so, uh, you know, when he, he came, he, he was focused just on one message, and it was a very positive message. He said, the kingdom of heaven is at hand. Um, and repentance... Uh, was a kind of stepping stone to prepare the hearts of the people for the king. Um, John's very much like Elijah. You know, he kind of followed that same pattern. Both appeared suddenly and unexpectedly out of the wilderness and wearing strange garments to warn Israel a terrible judgment was was um, was imminent at a time when a nation was in deep political, religious, and and moral corruption. So, you know, as we look in. Chapter uh, chapter three. Let me just read you a few of these verses and maybe make a few comments. This is in those days uh, came John the Baptist preaching in the wilderness of Judea, and once again he, he kind of comes out of nowhere. And you know maybe that's what we need to look for because we're expecting people to come from the political realm. You know we we hope our president supports us and. You know, this sort of thing, we hope a, a political savior will come along and kind of defend our freedoms. But here comes John, out of a place that's least expected, and saying, Repent ye, for the kingdom of heaven is at hand. Now, you know, that was a very special message, and he was, he's acknowledged, of course, as the forerunner of Christ. But if you look over, just, you know, another chapter over in chapter... 4 and verse 17. Now, this is after Jesus had gone through um, the temptation, you know, and, and with the, the devil and all that sort of thing. And he came back and was baptized of John. And in, in, in verse 17, it says, from, from that time, Jesus began to preach and to say, Repent, for the kingdom of heaven is at hand. See, Jesus' message never changed. His, his purpose did, but though, because obviously John couldn't fulfill Scripture other than just to fulfill the Scriptures that pointed to his purpose. But John, he, he couldn't finish salvation. He couldn't offer himself up to die for you and I. But, but Jesus did. I mean, Jesus came to finish the job, to, you know, to show that repentance was necessary and to, com to complete the possibility that it would save us. So he gave himself to die for us. Um, so, you know, that's really where his life changed. But the message was the same. It wasn't any message. So, you know, that kind of got me thinking, why, why did Christ need a forerunner if he was just preaching the same message and, and, he, and he couldn't actually complete the job uh, as far as, you know, being the Savior? Why did he need John? Well, you know, I don't, I don't know the Bible ever really clarifies that. It just says that, you know, he was the forerunner of Christ. He came to prepare the way. So the Bible says he needed to prepare the way, then obviously that's that's why he needed a forerunner. But but how did he do that? I mean, what, what did he do that prepared the way for Christ? Well, it, this is just my opinion, so you can take it for what it's worth. But, uh, you know, I usually somebody that comes along and 
and pronounces something that is earth-shattering, something that is changing. He pays a price for it. Um, usually the first messenger is, is not heard. Uh, and John, of course, end, uh, ended up being thrown in prison, and you know, he ended up beheading him. So he wasn't very well accepted, but when you proclaim the message, you know, and if it's different enough and you, you can command it, enough attention, people begin to ponder it. And so then when Christ comes along, who is the Savior, he kind of gives him a little more legitimacy. You know, he is, uh, it's kind of like in battle when, you know, I'm, I'm kind of a Civil War buff, and so I, I look at a lot of the things that they did during those days, and of course, warfare has completely changed now. But you know, when for centuries, the strategy typically was when you were going to attack the enemy, you'd begin to soften them up with an, some sort of artillery. Um, you know, you'd line up the cannons and you begin a barrage and uh, constant fire for a period of time to you know just take out as many as you can. Um, put them on the defensive. Um, there's, you know, a number of things that would happen, and then you would, you know, your ground force would then attack after they had been weakened. Well, that's kind of what a forerunner does. He kind of, you know, weakens the enemy, uh, makes them ready to take on an onslaught. And so Jesus came along not with a different message, but, um, you know, he was, a little, he was, of course, different from John. John was a lot more aggressive. Um, not that Jesus was a coward or anything like that, but he didn't back down. But, but Jesus was more meek and humble and, you know, more representative of the message of Christ. Um, so anyway, verse 3, 4, uh, This is he that was spoken of by the prophet Isaiah, saying, The voice of one crying in the wilderness, Prepare ye the way of the Lord. Make his paths straight. And the same John had his raiment of camel's hair and a leathern girdle about his loins, and his meat uh, was locusts and wild honey. Um, so John was a very different guy. And because he was different, people took notice of him. And, of course, people reacted one way or the other. As you see later, as we read on through this chapter, you see where some people were baptized and followed John. Um, but then... Uh, obviously, many rejected what he had to say. Um, and then when Jesus came along, of course, you know, he was able then to die for us. And people were more receptive. They they, they recognized who Jesus was when he came calling. We used to, when I was pastoring, we had a um, kind of a, a, a plan, I guess you'd call it, for um, evangelizing our community. We would... Uh, I don't know if you remember what a crisscross directory was, but it's a directory that you could get that would list you all the publicized phone numbers, um, you know, by street. And so we could choose the streets around our house and, I mean, around our church. And we'd had a call team and we would begin to call people and we would simply introduce ourselves, who we were, and we would uh, inform them that we were part of a prayer team. And we would simply say, hello, Mrs. Smith, or what a Jones, or whatever. I'm, I'm Steve Wilson. I'm from Memorial Baptist Church. We, uh, we have a prayer team here. We just like to reach out to our community as a service and see if you have anything in your heart you'd like for us to pray about. Simple as that. And, uh, <coughs> pardon me, so, you know, we would do that. 
we had a cable program, cable TV program. Uh, the you know most cable services have a free service, so we you know publicize our messages and put a little community service message on there. Different ways that the community would see us, so that then when on on visitation day we would go out and we would begin knocking on doors. When we knock on the doors, we'd tell them who we were. I'm Steve Wilson from Memorial Baptist Church, and they say, Oh yeah, you called and you've been praying for my aunt or my sister or my son or whatever. A lot of times. The people then recognize us. Well, we were softening the blow. We were just trying to make ourselves recognizable, removing that you know sense of fear, just making the people more receptive to who we are, whether or not they, you know, believed what we believed or anything. We just wanted to share the message of Jesus Christ. And so, some people, of course, they knew who we are right away, and they said, "I don't want to have anything to do with you." But many others, you know, since they knew who we were, would um would be a lot more receptive to what we had to say they were at least more cordial so it kind of works the same way that's sort of what a forerunner does it's it's an introductory thing to make people aware um, of who you are and and if they know who you are then they're a little more receptive and that's what john the baptist did uh he was a plain man just you know the plain message there was nothing complicated about him he was just different um, but he had a message, of course, for the Pharisees, the publicans, the kings, the soldiers. Uh, it, it, you know, it didn't matter who the people were. There was no division as far as status or any of that sort of thing. The message was the same for ever, everybody. And, you know, um, it, it wasn't the great crowds that made John great, but it was his great conviction and his courage and his boldness. And he, he had very high standards and and laid bare the hypocrite's folly. He could point that out. And, of course, that turned a lot of people off. But nonetheless, they knew who he was and who he was began realizing who he was talking about. So he likened the judgment of false teachers uh, to the condemning and cutting down of a worthless and fruitless fruit tree. Let me go ahead and read uh, a few more verses here in chapter 3. Uh, then, out, then went out John to him, Jerusalem and all Judea and all the region around about Jordan, and were baptized of him in Jordan, confessing their sins. But you know, as you see there, obviously many did receive him. But when he saw many of the Pharisees and Sadducees come to his baptism, he said unto them, O generation of vipers, who hath warned you to flee from the wrath to come? Being forth, uh, bring forth therefore fruits meet for repentance." And think not to say within yourself, We have Abraham through our father. For I say unto you that God is able of these stones to raise up children uh, unto Abraham. And now also the axe is laid into the root of the trees. Therefore every tree which bringeth forth good fruit is hewn down and cast into the fire. I indeed baptize you with water unto repentance. But he that cometh after me is mightier than I, whose shoes I am not worthy to bear. He shall baptize you with the Holy Ghost and with fire, uh, whose fan is in his hand, and he will thoroughly purge the floor and gather his wheat into the garner, uh, but will burn the chafe with unquenchable fire. So, you know, we see there, as I was talking about the difference between John and Jesus, Jesus came to baptize with the Holy Ghost. He, he could finish the job. John just introduced him. And just like our visitation program, we had the introductory thing, but that didn't finish the job. The finishing the job was the sharing of the gospel. Um, and in verse 12, you know, he talks about, you know, carrying the fan in his hand. That's how they would separate the chafe and the wheat. 
they'd put it on a table and a fan would blow out the lighter, the, the, the chafe and the wheat would remain. So, um, you know, that's what Jesus did. That was a big difference between him and John. But, uh, you know, John did his job. He had an assignment and uh, he knew what it was he was supposed to do. And so he did it. I'm going to go ahead and stop there. We've been about 15 minutes on this uh, this particular program. And so we'll pick it up again um, in verse uh, 13 when we come back. Thank you for listening and God bless.